Welcome to our June 27th, 2022 episode of Options Trading for Income. We're episode number 886, and this is our special open house. So before we get going, I'd like to remind you the presentation is for educational purposes only. We're not broker-dealers or financial advisors, and we're not making any specific trade recommendations. Also, please be aware that your risk in trading options is substantial, and please make sure you're aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. Also note that any trades and the results in this specific presentation are going to be hypothetical computer simulated trades and the results. They're believed to be as accurately represented as possible, keeping in mind live results can vary from similar results for many different reasons. That's of course, unless we otherwise specify, because we do have a couple of live trades we're looking at. So let's get going here. So first of all, welcome to our new Go and Pro members and our special open house guests. So for our new Go and Pro members, please be sure to watch your welcome and video and your review materials, review your stage videos, choose your stage, and uh, we encourage you to read and follow along with your stage guides so that you can stick with the stage program, the Trader Success Blueprint. Also, make sure you review the Fit Trading Library videos for your stage. They start out extremely basic, but there's a lot of advanced concepts in there that we have people who come in that have been trading for 10 years, don't know about, so please make sure you take a look at those. And also, we are here to help you. So I encourage you to ask questions, request coaching if uh, if need be, and so forth, and take advantage of those coaching opportunities. You can ask them for this meeting, Options Trading for Income, for Go Ask a Trader, and for your pro trading sessions, as well as on trading performance if you're a pro member level. Also, we offer free public one-on-one coaching for those who would like to come on our Go Ask a Trader meeting or our pro meetings, and we can coach you there. And we also have discounted one-on-one private coaching if you choose to go with the private coaching method. And you have well over a thousand archive videos here. And we got to be pushing up on 2000 pretty soon. And there's a lot of self-coaching available in there. Also, we have our Skype group. So for those of you who are going pro members, you have access to that and you can uh, ask questions there as well. As for what's going on in the near future here, we have our three essentials to creating a successful trading business webinar going on this Thursday, this June 30th, and that's going to be open to everybody. So if you have not yet signed up for that, we encourage you to do that, especially if you have any aspiration to go out and depend on trading full-time. This is a great uh, great topic to be discussing. Our next market outlook is going to be Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern time, as usual. Our next trading with the pros sessions are scheduled for July 6th and July 20th at 1 p.m. Eastern for our July sessions. Our next Go Ask a Trader is scheduled July 13th, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And our next trading performance for our trading performance of pro members is going to be Tuesday, July 27th at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. For any of those meetings to request coaching or whatever, you can come on and do that. Also, I'm going to offer our Go members, if you want to request coaching and you're willing to talk about that in a public format, then you're open to coming on and being coached in a trading performance or a trading uh, with the pros meeting. And uh, I'm perfectly open to doing that. So, you know, it, it's good education for everybody, including our pro members. So I think that's a, that's a good thing to do. All right. So those is those sessions there. So our membership is open for July. For those of you who don't know that it's going to be open probably till the end of the month and maybe the first day of next month. And after that, we're going to be closing that out. So anybody interested in becoming a member? So yeah, it's time to do it now. So let's take a look at what we do here. 
for those of you who aren't here, on options trading for income, we have 12 strategies that we generally rotate between. And it's, it would be difficult to do all 12 strategies, especially with overlapping trades at the same time. So we have four at any given month that we focus on, actually five, because we're always running the bull trade because that's a stage one trade. But uh, each trade here, we take a, a trade out of different stages of the trading success blueprint, and we do those trades real time according to their guidelines as much as possible. We do make a little bit of, we talk about making subjective decisions here. Uh, we talk about the guidelines. We talk about making good decisions within the guidelines and so forth, but we will follow those trades to their completion. And if anybody's a member, you can go back and look at the past videos. If it's a focus trade, if it's not a focus trade, you're free to ask to cover that trade on a webinar and I can go over any trade in its entirety if we need to do that. If we're not covering something on a particular cycle, then you can go ahead and you can um, you can request that we cover those, okay? And also during the webinar, you can ask questions in the chat. And we do have a question to cover M3.4U. What cycle, Daniel, are you looking for? on that and we can we can uh, we can talk about that okay let's talk about the focus positions for june so these are the these are the leftover or carryover positions from may and that we're continuing to cover that were focus positions and these are the focus positions here that we have for june and then starting july 1st or next month we'll open our next uh, set of positions as the time comes up to do so so here is our monthly trade schedule. And like I said, these are categorized out for which trades are in which stage of the trader success blueprint, which is down here. So these are color coded. And um, next month in July, we're going to be opening a bull trade, which is a stage one, a M3.4U, which is a stage three. And then we have our rock and then we have our V14 and so forth. Okay. So let's move on. And Daniel, for that July M3.4U, do you want to see that trade in its entirety? Because that trade is closed. It ended up being stopped out. So if you want to see it in its entirety, let me know. If you just want to see what it looks like today, it's already closed. So just let me know um, how you want to do that. So let's go. And we will take a look at uh, our positions here that we have open. So this is, and I'm going to go to today. So we should have uh, data now. So this is our bull trade that we had on for our August expiration cycle. This got drawn down a bit when the market pulled back, but now with this bar market mounts, we're back uh, positive profit and loss again. So this is a strategy that is currently, it's been changed a little bit because of lack of strikes. So for those of you who, who aren't on with us every week, um, this has been changed due to lack of strikes available in the options chain. And we've been using 10 point uh, vertical, 10 contracts. You can do it with one contract, obviously. We have a $2,500 credit. We have a $7,500 um, land capital at this point. We are using a much higher exit loss trigger in regard to plant capital. So that being the case, you want to watch your size. But we still have our potential profit for $2,500 if things go well and our exit loss trigger of $2,500. It's a one-to-one -one, um, risk reward on a bullish vertical. There are no adjustments. We enter 50, uh, 65 days to expiration. We exit with our next cycle, 65 days to expiration. So it's pretty much the same bull trade that we've had. Um, this 
doing it closer to the money doesn't really affect the long-term performance of the strategy. It makes difference trade for trade. Uh, long perform- long-term performance doesn't matter. So when we start talking about bullish verticals, you're often asked, or people often believe that if they go to a um, further out of the money, they have a higher probability of winning the trade. And that absolutely is not true. As a matter of fact, if you take a look at our Super Bowl on the SPX, that's actually a bullish vertical that starts out of the money. And that has the highest win rate of any strategy that we have. Um, not necessarily the highest profit potential, right? So profit win rate does not equal profits. We have strategies, especially for our directional traders, that win only 30% of the time and have tremendous profits. And then we have, um, you know, then you go to the other extreme, the Super Bowl, which has the highest win rate. I think it's 94% uh, historical since 2002. Um that has a very, very high win rate, but its profits are no ways near what, what some of the other strategies are. Um, anyway, this is our new, uh, my point being that um, this going close to the, to the money doesn't really affect your win rate a whole lot, uh, but you will have less capital in the trade and you'll have higher uh, profit in regard to your, what your planned capital is, but you'll also have higher exit loss triggers or, or max losses in regard to what your capital is. So anyway, this is up $480. And again, for our stage one traders, in particular, you want to trade, you want to play these trades out without the adjustments. If you're a stage five trader or, or stage four and a half, then we start bringing subjectivity into this. You can look for a evidence of a reversal on this strategy. And you can basically do almost what we call a ladder stop uh, in the pro membership where you're watching the chart patterns and each time the chart pattern gives you a new spot, you can, you can increase your stop out point a little bit higher and higher and you can stop out of this without um, having the problem that sometimes occurs when you don't have any, um, you know, when you're trading blind, in other words, if you're trading completely not subjectively, you don't have the advantage of, uh, or you have the disadvantage of the market coming up all the way up into here and then coming all the way back down and losing. And we talked about that in the last couple of uh, bull trade cycles. I think the last cycle in July one anyway, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't exactly remember, but I think the last one in July one anyway, but the one in June was also a winning trade if you used a ladder stuff on it. Um, however, um, because in other words, we talked about when to exit that trade from a technical standpoint, but uh, those who were not doing that, the market obviously came down really hard and ended up being a stop out to the downside. So um, when you get to the point where you can be subjective and again, you want to follow the plan, you want to get your discipline down first and understand the trades first. But after that, when you get to the point where you're a little bit subjective, you can really take advantage of that. And, you know, I get asked the question by a lot of people, well, why don't we just, you know, why don't we just put a, a profit target on that and then get out earlier. But again, that's just an arbitrary number. Profit target does a couple things. So first of all, profit target is going to increase your win rate. And the lower you put your profit target, the more that's going to increase your win rate. Uh, but win rate does not equal profits. We also have to consider where we're going to exit loss trigger out. So uh, you can come into the strategy. And again, if this is if we're being non-subjective, I can non-subjectively put in a profit target of $500 here, and I'll hit that a lot more often and get out of the trade. And that'll save me from losing sometimes when the market pulls back. 
but and thereby increase my win rate. But I'm also cutting my wins down. And if I don't and if I don't change my exit loss trigger, then I'm exiting at a $500 gain. I'm losing. I'm and I'm exiting at a $2,500 loss. That means my win rate has to be that much higher in order to have a winning strategy over time. So then the question comes, well, why don't I just reduce my exit loss trigger? Well, if you reduce your exit loss trigger, that decreases your win rate. Whenever you take your exit loss trigger and you know, say I took it from $2,500 to $500 to make them equal, now I take my win rate and I crash it back down again. So now I have a strategy where I'm risking a lot of money um, from a structural standpoint, but I'm only capable of making $500. Uh, and that's a one-to-one. First of all, my, 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 if, if I reduce both my exit loss trigger and my, uh, my profit target, I'm going to bring my win rate back to neutral again, you know, to basically what it was before. And now I have this other issue where I have this large amount of capital on. And when I get these months where I get these big gaps and I might take a $1,500 loss, even though I want to get out of $500, um, that's going to hurt a lot more because again, it, I only have this $500 profit target and it actually performs worse. So that when you, when you get with these tighter and tighter numbers, it performs worse. Generally, you want to open these numbers up again if you, if you can. So let me look at this here. Uh, okay, so V32. Okay, so uh, for July of 3.4U, he says, if you do not have a position open for July, uh, that's okay. Okay, so we don't have a position open for July. Also, Robert, we do not have a position open for July V32 either. Again, that was a very bullish strategy going in that got stopped out um, right off. So if you want to see that, we can show that. Uh, if you're okay with it, then... Well, I'll show I'll show it to you. That's fine. Um, it's very quick. So let's. So that's my thought on these strategies. And anytime you have a bullish, anytime you have a bullish bias strategy like this, and you enter, and the and the bias happens to be right off the start, you can put in some sort of a stop ladder on the downside. You don't want to arbitrarily put in a profit target. You don't want to be pulling the trade off at very low profits um, arbitrarily. But if you, if there are reasons to do so from a technical standpoint, at that point it starts to make sense, and that's and that's a good way to start actually graduating into a higher level of trading. So and anyway, here is where we are with the bull trade. This is looking fine at this point. Um, we're still early in the trade though, so we'll have to see how that goes. So let's move on here. Actually, why don't we jump into the V32? We'll do that right off. Robert got into a V32 on 30 days to expiration, almost got stopped out the next day, but not quite. Now I'm up on the trade. Yeah, so let's take a look at this and we'll talk about that for a minute. So uh, that's the other thing too, right? So one of the things you have to understand when you're doing back testing or you're following somebody else's trades is we all treat things a little bit differently. And sometimes you you get stopped out arbitrarily. Uh, you know, one person will get stopped out at an exit loss trigger, then the other person maybe will hold it and they'll end up, you know, making money on the trade, for example. Uh, so these things happen. Uh, what people tend to do when they backtest is they adjust it so they're always on the right side of that, right? So we have a trade of E32 where we have a client who's 
who is trading it live with live money. He's up money. Um, I'm doing it on the example here. I stopped it out and I, you know, I, I hit my exit loss trigger. If you're, and that happens, right. And, and that's when the trades hit these gray areas. And that happens from time to time. And it happens a lot in backtesting. If you went back and you backtested any given strategy for 10 years, you're going to have a lot of gray areas. And what people tend to do backtesting is they either favor the lucky side a lot of the times or most of the time, or they'll make a minor minor rule modification on the strategy. They'll, they'll take their delta from minus 20 to minus 15, for example. And then they'll say, well, I fixed the strategy and now it's going to win all the time. That's not true. All you did is you filtered out the bad luck. You're still going to have that happening in the future. In other words, a, a five delta difference in a trading strategy is not going to make a difference over the long term on how that strategy performs. But what that will do is it will cover up the weakness to the trader and make them believe or give them confidence to trade that trade into the future when all they did is they filtered the luck of the strategy and they and therefore they can't, um, you know, they blind themselves basically from the weakness of the strategy and pretend that they can't lose. Um, it makes them feel better so they can trade it. But the problem is that they didn't really fix anything. All they did is they covered up the bad luck. So we want to make sure that we don't do that. So that's a good example. So thank you for bringing that up. So V32 is going to be here. And looking for July. So this is our entry date. So in a lot of times in V32, well, first of all, we want to talk about V32 a little bit. So in the V32 program, <clears throat> the strategy generally has a variable entry date, but for the purposes of them, and the variable entry date is to stop situations like this, where you come in and you're very positive Delta. Realistically, what we'd be doing with this is we'd be starting very far out in expiration, you know, like probably 77, 90 days, something like that with this implied volatility skew curve that we have. Uh, but for the purposes of options trading for income, we're using the 30-day version, which is an optional version. And one of the challenges with the 30-day version is I'm forced to enter at 30 days to expiration and a 60-40. And that gives me sometimes a very positive delta, which is the case here. Um, now, there are ways we can correct that, right? We can use M3.4U entry or so forth to correct that, which might be a good thing to do with this type of environment. But um, um, anyway, this makes us sort of vulnerable to a down move. So I'm just going to go to the following day here. Okay, so real quick, what is a, what is a V32? Yeah, okay, so, so this is one of our guests here. So it's, it's a trade that we enter 30 days to expiration. It's a 60-40. It's a 60-40 broken wing butterfly entry position. It's designed to be a positive delta trade. So we, we basically don't let the trade go negative delta. Uh, but we generally don't want it, this positive delta either. And within the original guidelines, when they were conceived, okay, and this is how trading changes over time, when the initial guidelines were were put together, no one would have ever thought that 30 days to expiration in a 60-40 broken butterfly in the Russell that we would be this positive delta and have this much downside exposure in the trading. But um, but we do, right? And you know that happens from um, from time to time. So uh, you know, but the guidelines when we change the entry date, we don't have that kind of exposure because we. If you go out, so for example, if you go out further out in time, 
If you do this at 77 days to expiration, your entry is going to be very different. You're going to be a much flatter delta than you are here on this date here. Now, the implied volatility skew curves changed so much that even at 77 days to expiration, we're probably pretty positive delta and vulnerable to the downside. Um, realistically, with this strategy, if we were going to do that, and we may make a modification to it. Uh, we'd want to cut this down a little bit, just like we did with the V17. We'd want to come in with a with a positive delta limit, and I would say positive 10 would be something that's reasonable, and that would actually put us in something like something like this. And this would be much more representative of a standard V32 type of entry. And what would happen here is we'd have some. Um, some downside room, basically, we'd have a little more durability to the downside. And um, to the upside, if we get any kind of an up move, we, we would be aggressively adjusting this to the upside and bringing this expiration line over. That was the original design intent of this. But like I said, the implied volatility skew curve we have going on is in that. So anyway, Yeah, I'll address that in a minute, Robert. Um, so anyways, this trade here, if we just go to the following day, we had an 85 point down move. This has an exit loss trigger, <coughs> $2,500. And our checkpoint down, I'm down um, 46.90. So that is almost twice our exit loss trigger. Again, if we're, if we're, tempering the delta a little bit, you won't get that. But this is a huge monster move for the Russell. So that's going to happen from time to time. And that's the way that we're going to um, work with that. Um, Robert says, I opened up the trade at 2.30. I knew I wouldn't be around at 3.30. And it was centered at 16.80 down in here. And I guess that's why I didn't get stopped out. My position was at lower strikes than yours. Um, yeah, and yeah, so if we look at this back here, and that's a and, and that's the other thing, right? And you'll get that and, and I'll have somebody say, well, you know, because this trade, and, and you gotta be careful this with back testing, but because this trade on, on this particular time was, um, was entered at 2.30 and it didn't stop out. And this one was entered at 3.30 and it did stop out. Then that must mean that entering at 2.30 is better than entering at 3.30. I literally hear people say that and they'll make the rule modification to stop out because they couldn't you know, withstand the stop out of, of a trade this size. And they'll make that rule modification. They'll tweak the rules, so to speak, to enter at 2.30 instead of 3.30. But the reality is it doesn't really matter whether you over the long term with this trade it mattered, but over the long term into the future, it's not going to matter whether you enter at 230 or 3:30. It makes absolutely no difference at all over time with the results of the strategy. It doesn't it, you can hide that you can hide that loss from yourself. you can filter it out with that on back tester, but in the future it's going to happen again. So yeah, so at 230 here, um, our asset price is 1571. whoops at 230. two o'clock. Yeah, I don't know how you got such a low <clears throat> and it's such a low strikes there. Uh, Cause at 2.30, we're still, 
uh, our short strike should have been at 1690. And realistically, that wouldn't have made, and I'm way up at 1740, 1697. Yeah, I suppose that could have made a difference. If, if we had, you'd be, you'd be at 1690, right? So is that what you said? I'm, so I'm sorry, I'm working with one screen here. Uh, well, you're at 1680, right? So yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that could make a difference, right? Because then you've got a big up move and a down move on this because we're basically flat here. So you've got a 40 point down move. Up, right, right. So you got to, so this is what happened here, right? So he's at 1680. And again, depending on exact timing, you might've been at different strikes. So a little bit earlier, you know, now I'm at, or a little bit later, you know, you could, it's, you could conceivably be at 1680. I mean, that, that's, that's certainly possible depending on the exact asset price, because that again, this is a gray area moment by moment that you might run into that, you know, you're a little bit above a price number, a little bit over a price number, and you may enter at either strike. So you got to keep that in mind when you're back testing, but here, yeah. So you're way down at the around 1680, 1690. So uh, you didn't experience an 85 point down move the first day. You only experienced a 40 point down move the first day. And these generally, generally will take a 40 point down move in the first day they're open. Um, yeah, so that ended up working out good for you. So that's great. Yeah, so so I guess I got lucky. And that's a good way to look at it too, right? Um, we had a really big down move the following day. You didn't get stopped out. You entered a little bit differently. It doesn't mean that that's a better time to enter. It just means, hey, I got lucky on it. And that's great. So, so that's awesome. Now that you're there though, right? And we had this big up move and you're profitable. Now you can use the, the ladder technique like if you're a stage four, stage five in particular, you want to use the ladder technique on this up move, especially since we're in a downtrending market. You want to take a look at, you want to take a look at uh, and monitor the up move and look for a reversal in the up move. Now that doesn't mean a down move is going to stop you out, but um, if you're in the in the, the market outlook, we talk about how to read the market and how to you know, tell where to put your stops and, and tell when the market's going to reverse. So as of last week, we were clearly in uh, an uptrend reversal. And what you want to do is you want to monitor that reversal. And when that reversal fails, in other words, if the market's going to go up, it should do certain things on the way up. If that reversal fails, that's when you stop out of that trade, because especially in a downtrending market in a bullish position, you don't want to take this now and then they take it to a maximum loss at this point. There are times when you would do that because technically you don't have any signal to, to do anything else. In other words, you don't get an opportunity, but this gives us a good opportunity to deal with that. And, um, you know, like if we went to today, for example, or Friday, you can monitor this uptrend and I would monitor it in the SPX because the SPX has a nice clean level where if it reverses back into the downside, that you can, you can put a stop out on that trade. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do this here. Let me see. This is for Alexander, uh, July cycle on 3.4U. So let's take a look at this July cycle and 3.4U. While we're here, then we'll jump into the other trades. And want to go to July. 
So this is going to be our July M3.4U entry. And we'll just quickly skip trade to trade here. Um, we came here, we ended up being positive Delta outside the tent. So M3.4U, this is a smaller size. This is a uh, $5,000 planned capital size for everybody who doesn't know this. And this is not entry. This is, hmm, right, this was a lockdown technique. We actually won this June trade, right? So, but here's July and this is where we start out. This is a $5,000 planned capital trade, $500 exit loss trigger. We actually don't have a profit target on this. So we let this run basically as expiration. Uh, again, you can apply a profit target. And if you're more advanced level in particular, you understand what the profit target does and limitations uh, of doing so. So here, this trade's done pretty well this year though, by the way, right? It, uh, we've, we, the win rate hasn't been tremendously high, but because we don't have a profit target, we took some really high gains on this. So it's, it's doing pretty well for the year. And um, but this particular month cycle did not do well. Let's take a look here and um, we're entering 17 to 27 points under the money. We're bringing in, we're coming in uh, within our Delta range. So in this, in this case here, we're in a 50-40, but that changes. The front wing with changes depending on what implied volatility is doing. Um, and that's represented in your Delta. So let's just go to first adjustment here. I'm negative delta outside the tent. So that's gonna require an adjustment and we move the upper wing to do something like that. That should have been the adjustment made and it was. And if we go to next adjustment here on June 7th, what happened here is we were negative delta again we wanted to roll this down. And that should have been all that we did. Yep. Now, when I start doing this, right? So this is a $5,000 plan capital, but we only actually allow 4,000. So if there's another up adjustment, I wanna kick, start kicking this in. There are other reasons why you wanna subjectively do this. Particularly, again, we're in a downtrending market, it's fairly clear. Um, in a downtrending market, I like to be a little bit more aggressive in adjusting these downsides in. So I'll raise this side here, but at the same time, I'll, I also wanna deal with the reversal risk. And I'll also bring this in most of the time um, if I'm being more subjective or a little bit more intelligent. It's not specifically in the guidelines, so we didn't do it here, but that's what we had here. And this goes with the same thing with the ladder stop, right? So uh, we're in a, uh, a market that's downtrending. We have this area here, and this is an example of that. We had a breakout of a double bottom here, reversal. Realistically, the market has no business being underneath that breakdown point. Certainly no business being underneath the low here on this day. That is an indication, and we talk about particularly if we get an increase in speed in the market and we break a support level, such as this is going to be our support level now, and we break that level, then if you're in a bullish trade, that's evidence enough that you 
it really should kick you out of the trade from a subjective standpoint. So here, uh, we haven't experienced that yet, but we can see the market coming back down and I have a positive four Delta limit. Let's just go to Friday here. So this was the breakdown of that level right into here. This is pretty much our exit day. The, the next day is going to be a big down day. I mean, almost with a very high degree of certainty, right? We never know for sure. But with a very high degree of certainty, a break of this level, which happened here, is very likely to put us down to this low. So, you know, I don't know that that's going to happen the next day or whatever, but I do know I'm very bullishly positioned. And now is the time to adjust back out of that if you're going to stay in the trade with the expectation of, so at this point, I have an expectation from a price standpoint that we're going to be down at 1700. And, you know, what's that going to do to my position? Oh, wait a minute. That's going to stop my position out. I have a $500 loss trigger. So I would want to accommodate for that now or just get out of the trade. And, you know, you're down a little bit of money and that, that hurts some people, right? They, they're like, well, you know, geez, I have to break even, but that's bad trading. Your profit and loss here, other than whether you're at a profit target or I'm at an exit loss trigger or a downside move of a normal size in the asset gives me too much risk. Those are the reasons to exit the trade um, from a from a standpoint of, um, well, I lost where I was going. But that's those are, those are reasons from a risk standpoint to pay attention to your profit and loss. Other than that, you shouldn't be paying attention to your profit and loss. This number doesn't freaking matter. Okay, the only thing that matters is what are the probabilities of where the market's going to go. So when I get to stage five, you know, at this point here, I have a very high probability or a very increased probability that we're going to get a move to 1700. That is going to stop my position out. I'm not positioned well for that. Now, I, like I said, I can try and fix it by flipping this you know, neutral delta or negative delta if I want to. If I'm a subjective trader, I could do that. Uh, like I said, we don't know for sure, but there's a very high probability it's going to happen, which means there's a very high probability I'm going to get stopped out here. Now is the time that I want to start either shifting or just arbitrarily exit this. You can go back into and you can re-enter something further from expiration. You can do a lot of different things here. But this is just not a good situation to be in. From a technical standpoint, this is not a good situation. The other problem I have going on is I'm, I'm, I'm near my maximum delta. You know, at the same time, I'm near my maximum delta on this to, uh, well, actually, I'm past my maximum delta. So say this position was at 3.99 delta, and I have an adjustment at four, for those of you who don't know, um, and I'm at my maximum capital number. That's a really bad combo to be in. And I have a high probability the market's going to keep going down. That ends up being a um, being, being just a bad situation to be in. So uh, anyway, this did require an adjustment here. And um, I did it this way. Realistically, this should have been a more aggressive adjustment. And I should have made the adjustment down here because my downside um, is likely to get hit. So even with this adjustment, I'm still likely to stop out on this trade. Uh, anyway, moving forward here, uh, end up getting an 88 point down move. And now I'm um, not quite the 1700, but um, I'm past my delta limit here again. 
So this survived that, and this is a huge move, right? So I was kind of in a vulnerable position here, and it even survived this move, which is pretty impressive for the rule set in general. But I'm going to have to cut this back and get myself in limits, and I'm at near my maximum delta here. So, but that is an acceptable adjustment on this. And then if I run to the following days, probably when this stops out, let me just take this off and go following day. I get another down move. And no, nope, this is actually okay. So I get a down move. I'm over my maximum delta again. And I cut this back. So this is surviving pretty well, even under these guidelines here. And with that, it even it, it, it even held the move to 17.03. The problem is I don't believe it stopped. I didn't say I was going to stop there. I said I should go to at least there. Then we're there now. And then if we go to the following day, okay, we got an up move the following day. No adjustments. That looks good. This was the day we stopped out here. We had this 85-point down move. And I'm at minus uh, 558 here. So that is where we actually stop out of that position here. And we're going to let that go because we're past our exit loss trigger. So comments. Um, the delta level that need adjustment is based on the number of two lots. Right. Yeah, right. So, yeah, if you have a one lot, it's going to be positive two minus 1.5, and then however more you put on, you have to add that around. Um, could I have transferred into a bearish butterfly when the market broke support? Yeah, I mean, you can do that, right? And um, you know that's part of being a little bit flexible as a trader. You get a support in the market, break in the market, you can flip it to a bearish butterfly. But even so, you have to consider, like, um, even so, you'd want to consider the, the, the size of move you're likely to get and, and see if even a bearish butterfly would be a good choice for that. Um, also, if you did flip it to a bearish butterfly, you'd also want to have a some sort of criteria to flip it back into something else if that down move was invalidated, right? So we'll have a technical signal that'll make a downside move or a continued move to a certain level highly probable. And then sometimes that happens. And then sometimes it flips and reverses that makes that kind of invalidates that. Then you want to know where those levels are. Uh, so you, so yeah, but but you certainly could have done that for sure. So that is um, what's going on with M3.4U. This is just saying better to enter a bearish butterfly just before coming into a resistance versus a support break. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with that too. Um, that's the way that I tend to play the market. I tend to want to be in a bearish butterfly on an overextension stall, and then exit it on a on a breakdown, then enter it at a support break. Okay. Um, anyway, that is our M3.4U. Speaking of that, we have an M3.4U entry that I'm going to do quickly. I'm going to have to move along here because we're getting late. But um, we did have an M3.4U entry here, and we're at 1757. That's going to put our entry at 1740 short strikes. So then we're doing four contracts. One, two, three, four, five. So going 60 points down. Sixty points down. We're going to look at forty points up. This is a standard entry, and this is what you want to do on your V32s, by the way, too. Standard entry gives us positive five delta, which is too high, so we have to start cutting this back. 
one, two, three, four. I didn't want you to do that. That's that's within guidelines, but just barely. I don't usually don't like to go that close to the limit. Usually I'll I'll push it to here and go a little bit no or take a look at going maybe a little bit no neutral. And um, I would go to the 157. If this flipped me to neutral or positive delta or negative delta, I'd go with the other choice. But this one here, um, because we're over 3.5 and our positive delta limit's four, I usually don't like to enter that close to our positive delta limit, unless I'm subjective. And I might want to be a little uh, push that. In other words, I think the market's going to go up. Uh, so let me just commit this. Let's see, it's going to be eight. So that's going to be our entry for that. And we also have a bearish butterfly entry, which we can take a look at here really quick. So this is the bearish butterfly, by the way, that this got beat up and it got full. The problem is with July, it got fully scaled into the upside and it rolled several times. When you standard bearish, bearish butterfly being an income, quote unquote, income trade, non-subjective, if we're trading it like at stage three level, which is what we're showing here, then the situation where you get a very big upside move and you have to make multiple rolls and you get a very hard down move, you, you come vulnerable to the downside, which is what happened here. We became vulnerable to the downside and we got this really hard down move. We ended up having to make several rollbacks. And now we got this big bounce here. Uh, as of Thursday, there were no adjustments, but with this big move on Friday, we actually have a reference point of 1700. We have an ad point of 1740. Um, 1740. So we have to add in one more contract here. And then if we go higher, we might have to add in another contract and maybe roll again. So, but this is where we go here. We have an exit loss trigger of 15,000. So we're no ways near that number, but it's not going super well either. Uh, let's commit this trade here. And that's going to be that. And then we have an entry for August, which I really like the entry, by the way, for August on the bearish butterfly. And two ads are just one there. Um, I think there's just one because we have a reference of 1700 where it's, yeah. So, so if we waited a little bit further of the day, we might've had the two ads, but at this point of the day, we're not over 1760. So uh, just one ad. Yep. Okay. So that is where we are there. And then we also had a start here, 56 days to expiration. It's going to put us at 1740. And that's going to be here. Seventeen forty. And then we're going to have and then we're going to have our reference point at 1740. So we had 1780, 1800 are ad points here. And this is going to be August. There. And let's see here. We're running very late on time. So I'm going to 
Okay, we had, let me just look at my slideshow here. July AB1, as far as the Russell trades, August bull, August bearish butterfly that we, we showed uh, an entry there. So that's gonna be entered. And unless we have any other requests, I'm gonna move on here and not show the other entries that we're not focused on for now. And we're just gonna jump over to, let's just jump over into our SPX trades here for a moment. The question, what are the stages? Go to lockingyoursuccess.com, look at free resources, look up Trader Success Blueprint, and you can, you can take a look there, okay? All right, so we have our UB1 trade for SPX. And it's actually closed date. So this is what we look like. This trade ended up being a $300, about a $300 profit here. So this is a broken wing butterfly strategy. Also, it's more of a neutral market, broken wing butterfly strategy. And with this, meaning it doesn't perform well in an aggressively up market, and it usually won't stop out in an aggressive down market either. But um, it really likes the kind of market we're in. The only problem is by date, we kind of got beat up because we uh, we had the reversal. So if you look back here at, um, actually this is about the same. So this is what we look like. Even with the big down move that we had, we're still up money and this never really drew down. Um, we're up 400 bucks here as of Wednesday. Then Thursday, we got uh, this year, we're up 450. And then this big move here on Friday kind of chopped some of those profits out. And we're only up about $300. So we survived the move. It's the time exit. Is there a problem with staying in the trade and waiting it out? No. As a matter of fact, I probably would do that if it was me. Uh, I, I do think that we're going to be back down in this range. And this is probably going to do fairly well. But uh, by guidelines, we exit. So I'm going to exit this here. We're going to flip into our August expiration cycle. So let's just commit this here. That's going to be plus 260 after commissions, so slightly positive. This has been doing okay this year uh, with this move. Uh, we're gonna enter at the money with our long strike, which is gonna be 38.90 for our next cycle. 38.90, which is here. Go down four. And we go back six, one, two, three, four, five, six. We're two positive delta. We have to widen this out. We're still two positive delta. We have to go into this here, which is a 10, ends up being a 50, 40, a 50, 60 broken wing butterfly. We're within our guidelines for entry delta. And let's just hit this here. Let's commit the trade. One. So that was the July UB1 close. We have an August Super Bowl that we're watching. So let's just go quickly on to that. And that's gonna look like this here. Uh, that is currently up. 213 dollars so that is doing uh, okay same thing with the super bowl 
I like to do ladder stops on these. If we get, happen to get an up move, especially in the downtrending market, you can save a lot of these and be profitable a lot of times when you actually get stopped out where it makes sense. But that is where our August Super Bowl looks like. We have our August V17. That, let's see, I don't think we had any adjustments on this. This is our July V17, but um, we had something on the 23rd here. So let me just look back here. So this was our V17 on the 23rd. We're down $530. This is a bullish bias trade and it survived the whole down move. So that's pretty impressive uh, for the strategy here. Um, you know, we went through this down move here. We did get drawn down, so it's gonna be a little hard to recover, but um, this is what we look like here. We're actually gonna be exiting this, this Friday. Uh, regardless of what profit and loss is, but this is going to require a this required an adjustment here. I end up going here, and this is not showing me negative delta. Hmm. Yes, Chris is saying the adjustments to the guidelines helps. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, for whatever reason, I had an up adjustment here. I'm going to take that out. Because, well, according to this, it didn't trigger. And I apparently made a mistake. So let's, let's dump this out of here. Like, this is one of those borderline calls too, by the way, right? If I look at this five minutes earlier, five minutes later, this might've been negative Delta. It's only slightly positive Delta. So, um, but that, that obviously didn't trigger that. It probably triggered Friday, I would imagine. triggered Friday. Now we trigger an up adjustment here. And we're still within capital limits. So let's commit this trade. But this is doing fairly well considering where we've uh, where we've come from here. So that's what we have for our V17 for July. Our August V17 is gonna look like this here. This got beat, beat up a little bit more, but it did survive that down move, uh, very aggressive down move here. Um, this has not had an up adjustment yet. Usually these will pull out to the upside if you get a market reversal that sticks. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But that is August V17. And let me see if there were any adjustments this week. I don't believe there were. No, the last adjustment one, that was the 16th. So that's where that stands. And yeah, our July V14, I just wanted to take a quick look at it because I'm not sure if Friday triggered an adjustment on that. So let me just quickly look at our V14 here. Okay, so our V14 is up 1180. And this does trigger an adjustment. Our adjustment here is going to be this. And we'll commit trades here. We haven't hit our reduced profit target number yet. This will probably, this should pull out at a profit this cycle. So this should be good. We might even hit our reduced profit target number here if we have a good day. Uh, so this has to be exited. X4 trades have to be exited when the next cycle 
two months out is 77 days to expiration. That's going to be this Friday. So it's going to be exited Friday. But that survived quite well. And let's see, I have a chat here. Oh, okay. So the V14 adjustment. Yeah. So our standard V14 adjustment is to roll in both sides. And yeah, that is to keep the downside risk in play. Uh, so the when you we, we do a V17 adjustment, we only do the upper wing. And that, again, each of these trading strategies is designed to teach a certain lesson. And they have different entry criteria. They're mostly broken wing butterflies, but there's also verticals. Um, but they're designed to teach different entry criteria, different profit target um, or, or non-profit target lessons or, or and different risk lessons, right? So a V17 only adjusts the upper wing unless we get a capital problem. The V14 adjusts both wings regardless. Um, that's within the adjustment strategy. So, uh, and we have, a, we have a profit target on this, but we don't have a profit target on the V17. So the trades are put together with different types of dynamics to teach different lessons within the GO membership for our non-subjective traders when they're learning to the point so that they understand the trades when they actually get to a subjective level. Um, okay. So that's why that does that. And this here adjusted actually minus one delta. So it'll have another up adjustment. We get to my, uh, negative one delta here again. Or, or, or more negative delta. And if I get, if I have to make another adjustment to this, it reduces the profit target even more. So this has a reducing profit target with adjustments to different, um, different concepts we bring into play here. So uh, anyway, this has worked out fine. And then we go to our V22 here. Then this is what the V22 looks like in August. Uh, we're down $494. And it's just because of this big up move that we had here on Thursday. So before Thursday, we were actually near break even. Uh, as you know, the V22 does not like to be in this area in the tent, particularly when it blows over it like that. So uh, this is a more bearish strategy. This is going to call for a roll because we're more than 10 points over the long strike. We're going to end up rolling to, uh, we're going to end up rolling up to, this is going to be 38 70, 3870. So 3870 is going to be way up here. I would say that this trade should do fairly fine. One, two, 3870, 3870. It's going to be here. And then we're going to add in six. About a little more than six delta. So we'll do like almost eight. That's going to bring us to like positive two. And that's going to be our new position here for our V17 going into next, uh, V22 going into next week. Uh, this should do fairly well. I'm not expecting a really huge up move here in the market. I mean, we're going to maybe up a little bit more than we are now, but it shouldn't be a whole lot more. So that's what we have for all of those trades. The rut sample trades we haven't haven't really changed. Uh, I've decided, right? So for those of you who are new, we do these live play trades, and these are currently the live positions. Uh, I have decided to hold this position, so um, I have a technical bias to the downside, and that's that's something that you can do, right? People get all tweaked out about theta and being outside a range. But the reality is that all trading strategies have a losing scenario and you wanna be aware of what they are. A lot of people try to cover up that losing scenario in the live trades so that they um, 
Um, they, they try to cover up that losing scenario to make themselves feel better. Any trading strategy you trade, you should be blatantly aware of what that losing trading scenario for that strategy is, whether it be, be an implied volatility problem or a price movement problem or whatever it is. You should be very, very aware of that and cognizant at all times. Now, I have a general bearish bias in the markets right now to the downside. And um, you know, I can let this trade go and um, try and ride out the bounce with the thought that the market's probably going to come back to this range. So I'm, I, I kind of put the trade, what we call out of play. And we're going to let's see if we can ride this out to the upside. And then if we get back down into here, we're going to be back in play with the strategy. And then we'll start making adjustments when we get back into play with this. If we get back into play, if we don't, then you know that there's our losing scenario. We know what that is. But this is where this stands. It's down about 900 bucks right now. Um, that is for our July 15th bearish butterfly uh, um, live play trade. And then we have, I did the same thing with the July 22nd. So if we look at here, this is the July 22nd live play trade. Again, I'm just going to ride this out to the upside and let the market come back to me. And we get back into here, we'll start, um, start working this trade again. And then I also on Friday, um, I, I sent out on the Go membership Skype group that we entered this, which is another set of trades I wanted to do to take advantage of my bearish bias, which is this other live play sample trade uh, right here. Now, there were no adjustments made to these trades last week. This one was entered and the other two had no adjustments. I just wrote out the up move. Uh, but this is my entry uh, on this. Okay, and that's what I have for the live sample trades and questions. Oh, thank you, John, for sharing your uh, generous heart and sharing. Oh, you're welcome, Jed. I appreciate that. And uh, great to have you on board. So Robert had a question at 1022. So let me, let me take a look at that. I apologize for that. Okay, so if you can only afford to run a few trades at a time, say three or four, do you recommend having a few bullish bias and a few bearish bias trades on at the same time? So we have our trading success blueprint. And generally, it very much depends on what level you're at. So at stage one, we generally recommend you just start out with a bull trade at the minimum size, which would be one contract, which is what, a $750 planned capital trade with your, uh, what, a $250 exit loss trigger, $250 maximum gain on that trade. And I do recommend that even in the downtrending market, even if the trade is going to lose. Part, a very important part of being a trader and getting good at trading is recognizing you are going to lose from time to time and being able to do what you say you're going to do. In other words, have integrity, follow a plan, regardless of what your emotions are telling you. And you know, one of the worst things that can happen to a trader is they start trading and they win for like six months or a year or two years. They believe that they've, what happens is from a psychological standpoint, they believe they found the perfect strategy. They believe that's going to continue into the future. Even if you logically know it's not at some level, your unconscious is thinking that. So uh, it's very easy to fall into that. And then you oversize. And then when the, when, when the market changes and that strategy is no longer performing well, you know, you end up in a position where you're down dollars 
real dollars. And, you know, now your confidence is blown because your strategy, you thought it was going to win all the time is now, has now lost. And it just creates this whole loop that traders get into where they, and, and I've seen people into this loop for, for 15, 20 years now, and they never really make it as a trader. So that's one of the worst things that can happen to you. One of the best things that's happened to you is that you learn to accept the trades lose um, and you can, control your emotions and you can do you can set out a plan and you can do what you're, you say you're going to do and that bull trades especially at this capital level that we're trading at now is a very good way to do that even if the trading strategy doesn't do well as a matter of fact i i, I prefer that uh traders take a few losses in that strategy before they go any further um you know at stage two we do introduce a bearish strategy so if you're you know, if you're at stage two and you want to do a bear trade instead of a bull trade, that's perfectly fine. If you want to, if you have the capital to do them both non-subjectively, that's even better. Um, again, a, a, a bear trade, you can do a $5,000 plan capital, $500 exit loss trigger. That's still not a lot of money. You can do that at a lower rate. Once you get into stage three, I would probably recommend that you stay with a, um, I, I, first of all, I would hope that you would have traded those strategies. But when you get to stage three, then I would stay with a quick and dirty broken wing butterfly or a M3.4U, ideally an M3.4U. But if you don't want to buy the program, then the quick and dirty broken wing butterfly is included in the FIT program, okay? so, which is part of the Go membership. So you can, you can do that. And I would recommend doing that. If you have the money for the other strategies, that's fine. Realistically, M3.4U is all you ever need for trading, right? You can go into the other programs if you want. If you want to go to the SPX, you go into the X4 trades and so forth. But you can trade that and you can you can trade that well. And uh, you know, I like the lessons in the other trades. They're very, very good. But realistically, in 3.4 use just a very good strategy to to work with and be subjective with if you're going to do that. So I do like that uh, strategy for that. From there, you know, after you've traded the M3.4U for a while, I would like to see somebody get into something like an M3 or V22 to understand the dynamics within that strategy. And also, I really like the V14 is, is a really nice strategy to go into also. But I wouldn't necessarily have the trading those all at the same time. You know, I might suspend the M3.4U for a little while to go into a V14 and see the differences in that. And I might suspend that for a while to go into the V17 and see the differences in that, and then maybe spend some time with the V22. Because once you get all those skills nailed down, you know, then you can go in. And once you get into like stage four and a half, stage five, I don't trade a bunch of different strategies. What we do is we apply the guidelines or the concepts within the strategies. So it's not even like going from a bearish butterfly to an M3 necessarily, or a bearish butterfly to an M3.4U. It's using the you know, the entry concepts of the bearish butterfly with the adjustment concepts of the M3.4U with or without a profit target, depending on what's going on in the marketplace. So we're taking the tools that we learn within the strategies and we're applying them subjectively to the marketplace in stage five to put us in high probability, low risk, high reward situations so that we can get those two and 300% returns a year on, on our plan capital that we have open in the trade. Okay, so that's basically how I would suggest doing that. I would not ever suggest trading all strategies at the same time. You're just going to drive yourself crazy at that point. But I do suggest running through all the strategies for a period of time to help experience that and really gain an understanding of when certain things are good to trade and when they're, they're, bad, they're bad to trade. And, and 
even to get more granularity is when certain concepts within a strategy are good to do. And when they're, and then when it's a good idea to do them and when it's a bad idea to do them, that's where you're going to really pick up your learning and so forth. And you can do a lot of this in back testing too. So, or paper trading, if that's a problem, and, you know, I'd almost say that you could do all 12 strategies in option and explore at the same time. As far as live, I probably only do in a couple at a time, maximum of three. Okay. Right. So that is my thoughts on that. So hopefully that answers that uh, for you. All right. So thanks everybody. And remember we have our trading trial webinar that we're having on Thursday. And please, if you have, if you're already a Go member, you're already signed up for that. But if you're on our options trading for income as a special guest today, then go to our website. You should get a pop-up for the webinar on Thursday. You can register for that. Okay. So thanks everybody. And Okay, so Robert's just asking, you mentioned a Skype group for Go members. Yeah, so if you're a Go member, you have access to the Skype group. You have to just email Shuri with your Skype name and she can add you to that where you can put her in, in the chat, not here, but um, in the chat on the website and she can get you in there, okay? All right, so thanks everyone and we'll see you on the next meeting and hopefully we see everybody on Thursday's uh, webinar. Thanks. <laughs>